Kevin and I share a passion for that Dr. Thunder, alias that Dr. Pepper, but that passion compares nothing to a shared passion we have for Jesus Christ and, and lives surrendered to him, and we, we know we share that passion. Pastor Dan, thank you for your passion and leading us as a church uh, to be a missional church, a church that is the hands, the voice of Christ. You see in the Old Testament, we see so many times Christ showed up in and, and, and special appearances, and the angel of the Lord, and manifestations of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Old Testament, and then Jesus came down and he lived, he died, he came down to our level. He's risen, he's at the right hand of the throne of the Father, and listen to me, it's the church, it's us that are the manifestation, the appearance of Jesus Christ through his body as he is Lord over us that the world can know who God is and know him through faith in Jesus Christ. Are you totally available, totally sold out, totally on mission for the Lord? Revelation chapter 3, now that you can hear me turn there, as our passion is to walk so close to Jesus, uh, we need to understand we have to take our cues from the Lord. And when God opens a door, we step through that door as he waves us through it. And as God perhaps closes doors, we are surrendered to his will, to his way to recognize he is at work, and he just may close doors at time before us. As you turn into Revelation chapter 3, let me also say thank you, Calvary. We were just singing about God of this city, and he's not finished doing a great work in the city of Knoxville. Do we believe that, church? He's not done with Knoxville. Calvary Baptists are greater things yet to be in the life of our church. I believe so, because there is a door of great opportunity right in front of us. And the question is, will we be obedient to step through the doors of opportunity that he does place right in front of us? We're one of about 155 Southern Baptist churches. I know there are many more evangelical churches that are worshiping right now in this city. And I just have to trust that the voice of God and the Spirit of God and the Word of God is doing something across the pulpits all across this city in order to bring transformation to this city. And so I thank you for being part of the Knox County Association of Baptists, part of the Tennessee Baptist Convention, some almost 3,000 cooperating churches, part of a convention of churches, almost 30,000 Southern Baptist churches making a difference around the world. What are we known for? We are known as a denomination for our mission endeavors. And here we are today having a mission conference, and it's an annual conference, and it's a time that we rah-rah and we cheer-cheer, and man, it's an incredible thing that through modern technology, we speak with loved ones through Skype that are on the other side of the, the planet right now. It's incredible. But listen, if we're not careful, we'll get all jazzed up and rekindled in our, our passion for missions. But that passion, even a passion for lost people, that kind of passion, it comes and it goes. And unless you have a passion for God, it'll come and go and you'll never make a difference. But if you have a passion for God, you desire God. And you want to walk with God. There's nothing like it. And then there's their outflow of the hands and the feet, the church being on mission for the Lord. With all that said, we come to Revelation. In the book of Revelation, there's a series of seven churches and seven messages 
to those churches. And every one of them conclude with, let the uh, ears hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And out of that plural churches, I just say it's all seven of those churches and all of the churches that God has ever planted through all of time, I believe he wants to speak to this church this morning. And we look at the one message to the church at Philadelphia. Revelation chapter 3, down in verse 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it, for you have little strength and have kept my word and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you because you have kept my command to persevere. I will also keep uh, you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Lord, come quickly. Come, Lord Jesus. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go out no more, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out, out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. God's been doing a work in my heart and in my life, and and verse 7 has just grabbed me and kind of turned me inside out. It's there that the Lord himself reveals a little bit about himself and a little bit about what he's up to. He says there, verse 7, I am holy. He's holy. He says, I am truth. And so the Lord Jesus is truth. And he's not just a statement of truth. He is absolute truth. And listen to me, those of you over at the university, I know there's a lot of philosophies and a lot of classes and a lot of science, a lot of truth that's being taught you. And some of those philosophies and some of those professors may look over towards religion and may even look over towards Jesus. And they have this grid that they're operating from as they look into faith matters and spiritual matters and Jesus matters. And all of us have been out in the, in the world and been in conversation with people and have life experiences and sometimes life grids are what we're working through to look towards Jesus and who is this Jesus but listen to me he says about himself I am truth and that's where we operate from right there trusting that he is absolute truth and then he says I'm the one that has the keys of David no one can open the door no one can shut the door that I'm going to open and no one can open the door unless I'm the one that opens it and that verse is just it's just been challenging me Am, am I completely, absolutely honest with the Lord in my walk with him? And do I trust him when he opens and closes doors? And I've experienced these all through my life, and it's been a life journey of faith, and I'm not there yet. But I want to share some things about the Lord of the open door uh, this morning. Because, you know, when we live our life in total surrender him, it's life lived at its best. It's life lived at its pinnacle or the zenith because he knows what's best for our lives. And here's the take-home for today. Here it is. If you knew what he knows, you would always want what he wants. If you knew what he knows, you would always want 
what he wants. Now let me make sure you're awake and say that with me. If you knew what he knows, you would always want what he wants. I want you to take that home with you today because that's a different perspective, different, different look perhaps than how you're doing life and doing church and maybe you need to be a little more on mission for him today because if you'll totally get abandoned to self, you knew what he knows you would always want what he wants and so let's look at some things some truths about this lord of the open door and here's here's what i want to say to you first of all christ wants us to recognize he is the one who opens and closes doors he's really sovereign he really is who he says he is he really is on the throne do we believe that about him do we trust the fact he is the one when he says, I open a door or I shut a door? Do we really believe he's been sovereign? He has been from around uh, in creation from all time. He's active in our lives today. He is the Lord Jesus who opens and closes doors. Do we really believe that about a sovereign God? Man, I remember years ago uh, coming out of a uh, seminary, been on staff at a church, called to preach as a teenager, kind of wrestled through that whole thing. Uh, my son Trevor that's over here was only like four. Brandon over here wasn't even born. And God was taking us from Washington across the Columbia River to Oregon to our first church to serve. And I'll, I'll, I can remember like it was yesterday, white knuckling, a steering wheel. As I came over this hill, I could see the river. I saw the bridge into Oregon. And I'm saying, God, man, I've given up a lot. I had a good job, good situation, good church. My wife had a great job. We're giving up a lot, Lord, to head over into this, this place that you're leading us to. And God, and man, I just, I said, Lord, if you don't show up, I'm going to look foolish. And we're going to be in a mess. And you know, we had some experiences in that first ministry, that setting there, planting a church in Oregon. Then that, that God did show up. He was faithful. The Lord Jesus, as he opened that door, he was sovereign. And looking back, it is so clear. A few years later, I remember we, he took us out of that setting to Boise, Idaho, the home of the Boise State Broncos, who are currently like fifth in the BCS. That's for like four or five more hours. Now I know what you Tennessee fans feel like every Sunday morning. Uh, just kidding, just kidding. Took us to Boise, and when we moved to Boise, he said, it was part of the Utah-Idaho State Convention. I said, all right, God, I'm with you. You're opening this door. We'll go. We'll be obedient, and we'll go to Boise, Idaho. But, Lord, I'll tell you one thing. As I'm moving out of my comfort zone in the northwest over to Boise, Idaho, I'll go there, but I would never, ever, Lord, I'm never going to move to Salt Lake City, Utah. You can have me here in Idaho. I will never move. I can remember telling God that. You know where the Lord took us after Boise? Salt Lake City. I remember getting in the car. God, I don't know what you're up to. You've opened a door here. You're sending us. We know it's evident that you're assigning us to this place. I said, God, if you don't show up, though, I'm totally desperate for you to have to do this work. And the sovereign Lord Jesus was so evident he was in that call. And then of all places, God took us to Cleveland, Tennessee. We've got some folks with roots down in Cleveland. And driving across the nation, you know what I did? Lord, if you don't show up at this church, God, if, if you're not so evident to be at work in this, then I'm going to be making a fool of myself, man, Lord. And then two years ago, God trans transitioned us from pastoring there to Cleveland, up here to Knoxville to serve with the churches, to serve the churches, and that 70-mile drive. Do you know what it looked like for me coming up? Yeah, one more time. 
God, you're going to have to do this. God, I'm totally desperate and dependent upon you because, Lord, you're the one that apparently has opened this door, and you'll have to be the one that does the work. Jesus Christ wants us to recognize he's the one who opens the door. And listen, when you really get to the place of that kind of surrender, you don't have to manipulate doors, and that helps you in your own strength. You don't have to manipulate those doors any longer. Also, listen to me. Sometimes when the door shuts, and you get this, this, this anger or this bitterness maybe towards somebody who jumps up and it seems like they're blocking the door, when you recognize it's the Lord Jesus who opens and closes, then you're not going to have that, that bitterness towards somebody if it appears like they jumped up and they blocked the door. It's not them. The Lord's on his throne. The Lord is in control. Listen, maybe you get jealous, envious of somebody else and the opportunities that they have in front of them. Listen, when you get this, that the Lord of the open door is a sovereign Jesus Christ. It takes a lot of burden and a lot of pressure off your life. Secondly, this morning, look at this about Christ. Christ wants us to be alert. Bible says in, in John chapter 4, Jesus describing his own work for the Father. Uh, Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him and to do his work. Jesus said, my, my will, the will that I want to accomplish, and it, it uses the word meaning craving. A craving. Think about it. We're just a few moments away from lunch for a lot of us. The Lord uses about Jesus himself about doing work for God, the will of the Father. He uses the word that all of us have experienced, a craving. I, I mean, if you just had any menu item for lunch that you want today, what would it be? Just stop and think about it. The craving, it's coming. Or just think about fried chicken, mashed potatoes, green beans and corn, biscuits. Can you smell them yet? The cravings there, but Jesus, he, he described doing the work of the Father as a craving, a passion. And then he goes on in John chapter 5, and he says this, truly the Son can do nothing of himself. If Jesus can't do anything in his own strength, what makes us think we can do anything in our own strength? We can't. He wants us to be alert to his will for our lives. If you want to live life without regrets, you get to the place that you're living in step with the Holy Spirit. And listen to me, if you knew what he knows, you'd always want what he wants. Thirdly, Christ opens and closes doors for his glory and for our good. Listen, God's glory and our good, they'll, they'll never be compromised. God's will for your life. Some people say, hey man, if I really want to get sold out, if I want to do everything that he wants my life to be, if I want to be a radical Christian, he's going to send me to to Zimbabwe, and I'm going to be miserable. Listen to me. His glory and your good, and they're never a compromise. God has your good that he's looking out for. But listen, about his glory, he's not going to share it with anyone. He's not going to share In middle school, I played some football. And in middle school, we had the, the blue-gold game. You know what the blue-gold game is? It's like the orange-white game. It means you're playing your own players. It's a scrimmage game. And in the scrimmage game in middle school, uh, I was a receiver, and they called this play. The quarterback hiked it. He backed up. I took off running. I glanced back, and I noticed he had a good pocket. He had time. I just kept running. I noticed that he was starting to throw the ball, and I just kept running as fast as I could. And then I realized the defender was right there with me. He was sticking with me. The ball's starting to come through the air, and I'm running, and I put my hands out. I realize the defender's right there. I said, man, this, something's going to happen here. Something's got to give. The ball comes down. It hits the defender in the helmet, and it spins up into the air. 
I realized in the peripheral vision, the defender, he is falling to the ground. He goes down, and the ball came down in my hands, and listen to me, I tiptoed into the end zone, and yours truly scored a touchdown in middle school in the blue goal game. Did you hear what I said? I said, I scored a touchdown in middle school. Come on, did you hear what I said? I scored. Do you get what I'm saying? Way too many of us and way too many churches are trying to get the glory from God and say it's all about us. Look what we do. Look at the things that we've accomplished, whether it's yesteryear or even right now. We need to be alert. Then we need to realize everything that God's doing around you and in you, it's about his glory, but it is for your good. Fourthly, Christ opens in response to our obedience. And our faithfulness. Look down at verse 8. Verse 8, he's very clear there. He says, I know your works. So God knows everything about us. He says, uh, and I have this open door for you. No one's going to shut it. He says, but you've kept my word. You've not denied my name. Does that reflect your life this morning? You've kept his word. You've been faithful, obedient. What can we say about this obedience? A couple of things real quick. You need to be obedient in the mundane, the routine. I have pastors come a lot of times, and I've had staff members down in Cleveland that, that wanted to join our staff, and I would do interviews. with. These are with ministers, men and women called to the, to the gospel ministry, and I would start asking them about their lifestyle, and, and were they obedient to the Lord in the mundane, the day in, the day out? Listen to me. They wanted the big church, and they wanted the big ministry assignment, but many of them could not testify about a day in, day out faithfulness with the Lord, quiet time with the Lord, obedient in, in tithing and giving to the Lord in the ministry of the church and giving to missions. Listen, these are ministers. All they wanted was bigger. Big assignment. And there's a principle here. The Bible says in Luke, Jesus said, he, is he who is faithful with little will be faithful with much, and he that is not faithful in little will or cannot be faithful in much. Obedience in the routine. Are you obedient to your spouse, to your children? Are you obedient and faithful in, and reliable in your workplace, in your giving? Listen to me. This thing doesn't stop on Sundays at noon day in, day out, serving him. Being obedient and faithful when nobody's watching. Somebody said that's, that's integrity, how you behave when no one else is watching. Thirdly, Jesus calls for us to be obedient when there's no immediate reward or applause. One more time. Are you serving others, not for applause, but for the glory of God? Being obedient when there's opposition. Days that you'll be alone, but listen to me. It's not the easy road God's called us to, but it's a road of faithfulness. Christ opens in response to our obedience. And listen, you need to be obedient today. Maybe you're praying about where to go to college, what to do with your life vocationally. You need to be obedient today because when there's a door in front of you and God's saying, man, I'm opening this door, I'm closing this door, you, you can't push it, you cannot manipulate it, but you need to step faithfully through that door because if you do not step through that door, there's other doors behind it, and until you step through the door right in front of you, you can't be obedient all the way through. Listen to me, when he took me to Salt Lake City, dragging, I almost said cussing and dragging, but no, I didn't do that, just dragging my feet into Salt Lake City. It was only because we did what he called us to do that now we can look back and say, look at the things he's done in us and around us, for us. 
through that kind of a journey, what open door do you have right before you? In verse 8, there's a little word. It reveals a lot to us. It says you have little power. Little power. You have little power. Church, you have little power. Individual. Listen, the Lord of the open door also exhausts human resources. And I think this is where we're at, Calvary family. God gets us to the end of our rope. He, he, he places in that church this statement, you, you have little power. And it's only when we get to the place of little power that we become most desperate for him to show up and to show out. And I'm asking you today, are you willing to admit, God, I, I'm wrestling with little power, but I'm passionate for you, and I'm ready, to, Lord, to watch you do in me and around me what only you can do. Desperate for him. We sing God of this city. Calvary, listen to me. We have had a great legacy, great church all through the years. Pastor Dan leads us right here, right now, with an open door right in front of us, an open door of opportunity. We can't shut it. You can't shut it. God opens the door, an open opportunity right in front of us. The question is, will we be obedient to say, yes, Lord, and step through that door right here, right now? I don't know what circumstances you're facing in life. I know what I'm facing. I know in life that when I look back, there have been times, man, where I just either willfully, I, I, just, I just checked out on God, or I just missed it. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, around the church, around the word, around a Christian family, but I, I wasn't zeroed in. I wasn't in the zone. And either way, it's been big mistakes. To, to not go through doors of opportunity if I am willfully disobeying God, or I'm just not paying attention to his will. But I'm asking you here this morning, eternity is resting on your obedience to the Lord and for your passion for Jesus Christ. Are you passionate for the things of God this morning? Heads bowed. Father, you are God of this city. It sure seems that you have been here before because we have church houses on every corner. But God, how, you, how I pray that you would awaken a sleeping giant. You would awaken the buckle of the Bible belt. That you would awaken even us in the Calvary family today to step through a door of great opportunity. And Lord, whether it's going out to Carm and being in the hands and the feet of Christ whether it's volunteering over at Montgomery Village or Western Heights Baptist Centers, Lord, whether it's going into the workplace and sitting down with somebody at lunch and just asking, how are they doing? Father, if it's in our neighborhoods, making a pie and taking it over and saying hello to those that live around us, God, we want to be passionate for you so that we can be Christ to the world around. Father, there is probably someone here today that you are assigning to prepare and go and become a, a minister. There's probably somebody here today in a group this size that you're probably leading to give their life, not just for one week, but for a life and go and serve in China or maybe down in South America or maybe over in Africa. And God, how I pray those that look at an open door right in front of them and they sense your spirit tugging on their heart that they would say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, to you this morning. God, there's probably somebody who has had a door closed in front of them. And there's, there's perhaps that little bit of envy or bitterness or anger, Lord. I pray that we would all recognize your sovereignty. You are the Lord of the open and closed doors, and we would just rest and trust in that. 
God, where there's pride and we've tried to steal your glory, break us. Bring us to our knees in awe because you are glory and you are holy and you are truth. Lord Jesus, you hold the keys. And I know probably in a group this size, there's the one who is looking at Jesus from the outside in, from a worldly grid, but not from faith. Lord, you knock. You walk beside, you're at work around every one of us. For the one that came in here living without you, let them leave changed by the gospel, changed by grace. Lord, whatever you want to do in these final moments, we, we're in all of your presence. God, us these moments in your name I pray. Amen. I want you to do something. I want you to stand to your feet. Still in the spirit of reverence and awe and worship. Listen, I know God's speaking to you, and you could do business with God right where you're standing, but I'm going to ask for Pastor Dan to come right down here, Pastor Joe. Daniel, will you slip down here? Other of our staff, our, our elders, our ministers that are here, would you, would you come? Listen, if you're passionate about the Lord, there may be something today just about stepping towards the Lord, leaning in towards God that, that marks a fresh sense of your passion. And if you claim to be on mission for the Lord, but all you do is sit and get, come to church and leave, and it kind of cuts off at noon Sunday by Sunday, you're missing this. Get in the game. Get in the journey. But I'm going to ask us to do something this morning. Our pastors are here. And just in a fresh sense of devotion, fellowship, for their leadership in our lives and our church, and for the glory of God, I, I would ask you to just come and say, there's open, open doors right in front of me, and I will be obedient. I will be that faithful follower of Christ. Just come and and voice that to these pastors. Listen, there's just there's something about you stepping towards the Lord that just just kind of marks means you mean business with him. Kevin's gonna lead us. We're worshiping, we're singing a song of response, but you just come and take one of these guys by the hand and say, Man, there's a big decision, big door. I'm trying to figure out if God's the one that has opened it. God's closing it. Whatever it is, I will.